nobody expects. What if I told you I've been keeping a secret from you this whole time? A secret that will change the very nature of everything you've heard from me before? Listen, I've kept it close to my chest for a while now but I think it's time you heard the truth, and the truth is... Oh snap here they are never mind it's time for the rules of acquisition. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. This time, the the Star Trek showed a really, really fucking ruined Roddenberry's dream forever, and Star <laughs> Trek has never recovered. Um, <laughs> my name is Wade Bowen, and with me... As always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hey. And, uh, yeah, this is an episode, all right, that nobody expected. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Inquisition. (laughs) Yep, this is episode 18 of season 6. It originally aired April 8th, 1998. Here is the IMDb description. Dr. Bashir's plans to attend a medical conference at a breezy resort are canceled when Starfleet Intelligence boards DS9, suspecting the Doctor of Treason. Directed by Michael Dorn. Huh. So, I got it. What's... Uh, okay. At the top, James, <laughs> yes. what were they thinking? Like, what's going on behind the scenes with this episode? Iris Stephen Bear wanted to start mining the flaws of the Roddenberry Utopia. That there's like a flip side to all of these things. So he's been trying to push this in forever. And obviously with the Maquis 1 and 2 uh, and for the, all of the Michael Eddington shit was trying to do that. We've we argued a lot of that throughout the Michael Eddington years on the, of my life that we did all of those. <laughs> that was like a, that was like thirty years in total, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it was. A, I spent a long time in the Michael Eddington wars, but this was what they wanted to do, and he he wanted to to put this in there because you need to see. I he probably read the Company or some sort of anti CIA book and was really feeling it. And and wanted to write something like that, I think. Yeah, this is uh this is one of the reveals, one of the developments that we've been um, referencing since we started the podcast. That uh, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, uh, you rode pretty hard against there, Hugh. Yeah, I don't like section thirty-one at all. I think it's dumb and ridiculous, and I. As far I don't, I'm not too hung up on legacy stuff. I don't give two shits about that stuff. What I don't like is I just think it's, uh, like I don't think it's a serviceable story mechanism. Yeah, and I think I remember you and I, James. We were like, oh wait, I think I think <sighs> we liked Section Thirty One. I remember stuff. liking this. Okay, so I want to. Um, <laughs> you changed your tune, huh? No, well, no, well, like okay, so this is. Uh, well, okay, so just talking about Section 31 as an idea. I, I think I voiced a couple of weeks ago where I was talking about why all of these things that they do, like I get that they're telling more gritty and more real stories about the way wars really work, and I like that. I like that instinct that it's not all this sort of, but at some point by trying to like, show the the goose of star- i mean they, they kill some some essence of starfleet and the federation is murdered in this episode yes never to really come back alive right and i think at the time i was maybe a little less precious about that than i am now where i i do feel like well, that they're not giving you a reason to root for these people and in fact they're taking them away that's my that's my central problem with it is that like we have a utopia and in the charter of our utopia is yeah is judge jury executioner story <laughs> device which i feel is a cliche in and of itself is that you know every 
you know, pie in the sky character at some point in in these types of shows runs up against a shadowy organization and accuses them of being judge jury and executioner it's just Mm. it's it is it's an old it's a it's 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 a ballsy move to like like yeah i mean the reveal obviously is that section 31 is the thing that that doesn't section 31 doesn't get mentioned until Eight minutes before the end of this episode, mm. but yeah, this is a shenanigans episode where you don't know what's going on from scene to scene, and we have a little bit of uh, Star Trek's uh, DNA has that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riker had a famous one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every everything we they have them every so often. Yeah, uh, I'll go on record as I think this is a pretty well constructed episode. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, have I a problem with it from scene to scene. William Sadler is amazing. I love William Sadler. I love yeah. William Sadler. Yeah. So the reveal, we're you know we'll yeah. talk about it up front, obviously, but but like I was saying, it's a pretty ballsy move to say when you're just inventing this section thirty one for this episode. Pretty ballsy. Uh, you, you might call it a dick move to say it's been there. Oh, it's part of the Federation original charter. Yeah, like going back to hundred years. So you're basically slapping your dick against the face of Star Trek since the beginning. It's yeah. like it was never. What's the point of a utopia where you have to have a shadowy organization to prop it up? That that just goes out and does with no accountability, no transparency. And I get can the... do wanton. Mm-hmm. Uh, wantonly de- deploy its own brand of justice, and it, I get it, the desire for Iris Stephen Bear to want to do that because it makes you know it makes its instant nuance, its instant, but you know both sides isms, and it it seems more real and it seems more like as the world really operates, and so I get why they would want to do it because it opens up more story ideas. Yeah, yeah, it opens up more story. I mean, obviously, like since this, they they wrote hard for it. Star, yeah. Star Trek can't shut the fuck up about Section Thirty One. <laughs> right, right. You know, it was all over. Its stink was all over um, the later seasons of Enterprise. It's it's already just all over and ruining Discovery. So I mean, you're yeah. Wait a minute, we had it in Discovery. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, that's right. Michelle Yeah, yes. They come in and Michelle Yeah at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and there was black right. badges. They were going to do more. And they cut yeah, it out. They, but... Yeah. They kind of yeah. ham fisted the black badge thing and all that at the, in the first episode. They're like, oh, we're doing this. Never mind. Yeah. At the end. Oh, yeah. We are doing it. Get out well, here. There was actually, speaking of badges, there's one goof in this that I noticed that, it, you know, because they have. Uh, Bashir's badge taken away in one of the scenes mm-hmm. and then when he's on the quote unquote Dominion ship he's got his badge back on oh. for one scene uh-huh. and then they cut away from him to Worf saving him and stuff and then they cut back to him and his badge is back gone again so <laughs> that's something to kind of look out uh-huh. for but, it's but a hollow, yes. hollow sweet shenanigans <laughs> hollow sweet shenanigans it, listen this is a shenanigans episode from scene to scene it unfolds well enough yeah, I just don't. I don't like Section Thirty One as a thing. I don't think. I yeah. think it gives you it, it. It's a regressive look at a utopia. I yeah, guess. I mean, since the. I mean, even since the beginning, you've had people like admirals usually <laughs> acting against the you know the ideals that Starfleet espouses for practical reasons, mm-hmm. like just war stuff. So you've had people making these decisions that are against and then the heroes decide that they're going to stand up for federation ideals or whatever so but to bake it in like even even the our heroes of ds9 the rejection of section 31 is still that's how they still keep those roddenberry uh ideals if if you think that they do it all because even our friends the heroes of this show pretty much they immediately reject it too, and they're like, "No, we have to cut this cancer out of Starfleet when we get the chance." They're they're immediately all on board to decide. You know what? And this is not right. The ends don't always justify the means. Is kind of the uh, thing that is said, and that that our friends kind of believe. It seems like they also it, it's introduced, but it's also I was thinking about you know that scene in Winter Soldier where they find out that. <laughs> The Truman Capote is a computer, and right. at least they do the advantage of telling you all the shit that Hydra did while they were hidden. 
Like, you know, we did this and this and this. They don't actually, like, I don't know what is Section 31 accomplished. I mean, we've seen how the the main Klingon war ends. They didn't, they weren't a part of that. They don't seem to be, I mean, they're just, it's, it's all, it's it's all secret war shit, man. You don't know. Like they did it and they kept it quiet. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's, that's enough. That's a, that's a no hook. I don't know. It just seems like if you're going to introduce it as, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Am I supposed to think it's negative or am I not? I think, well, the fact that they don't tell me, uh, no, I think give... Ju- Julian says no to him, and then yeah, the whole gang says we're gonna get, we're gonna figure this out, and we're gonna infiltrate them next time they come back. So, I think if you're agreeing with your point of view characters, your space friends, I think they're all pretty solidly on the this is a bad thing side, but it does. Mm present gray areas but that is funny because you you bring up a good point that our space friends think it's a bad idea but the people in charge of the star trek franchise and the stories they want to tell later try to yeah try to figure out a way to shoehorn the shit in every which way they can yeah so much mm-hmm. so that they're giving Michelle Yao a spinoff CBS All Access Section Thirty One show, <laughs> right. where she's an evil Mirror Universe Section Thirty One like operator. Yeah, she's going to be the Suicide Squad of yeah uh, mm-hmm. of, yeah. Star, of Trek, Star Trek, which is not what I'm not really that. I love Michelle Yao, but I don't that idea. You're right. I'm not that. Great. Not like this. Not like this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's even in the Kelvin universe because they... Oh, it's all up in the in, Kelvin. Yeah, yeah, is in that, That's darkness. why Khan isn't um, Seek anymore or whatever, or <laughs> Ricardo Esteban. Yeah. I mean, so it's... Yeah, I, I think that it's a little bit of this... And I don't want to just blame the, the time period. I don't want to blame Hell World for this, but I think that where I... Looking about going through this again, I do feel... That there's just slowly being chipping away is that one of the things that Iris Stevenberry is doing that's negative is that he's slowly chipping away on what made Star Trek special to begin with. And so I feel that this is a part of that. Yeah. And I wasn't precious about what Star Trek was to begin with. It's not like a thing I watched with my parents or anything like that. But I mean, like, I like having like a visionary goalpost. Of like, what do you want the future to live look like? Well, I want it to look like this. I want it to look, you know, a black man in space, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Right. But then, you know, in this enlightened environment and stuff like that, and then you get to where I think you just got a bunch of dudes wanting wanting to write violent dude stories, and this was one of the things that came out of it, and without really thinking about how that fundamentally changes your show. Right. Yeah. Last week, I think you said that episode was the image comics kind of writing of Star Trek. Yeah. I didn't agree with you then. I more I'm more willing to go along that route with you when you're talking about introduction mm-hmm. of Section Thirty One. Because here's the thing. I mean, I know that they ended on this little Cisco saying this thing, but no one really tries to shut down Section Thirty One. Yeah. Like that's not a goal. That's not a goal that they. Nobody's my goal in my career in Starfleet, as long as I'm here, that we're going to shut you down. They don't six. Well, you know, here's what they, they, here's what my feeling about this episode was, is here they're trying to retool Bashir again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because he's genetically enhanced, they feel the need to give him his own like Moriarty type character. Like he's Sherlock Holmes to like some, uh, force, oh, yeah, some yeah. formidable force that he has a personal vendetta against. And the cheesy dark side pull of it is sp- supposed to be the stakes mm-hmm. involved in, in, in Bashir's story arc. Yeah. And I'm completely not interested in that. It's, it's like they're they're like doubling down on a character that they've fucked up a few times over <laughs> by now. Yeah. See, I said before I thought I was okay with Section 31. And you know what? I'm not trying to be contrary. I think I still am. I think because I think they preserve the dream in that it does paint extra grays onto everything Star Trek has ever stood for, I guess, which is a bit of a prob... It is kind of a dick move. It's a boner killer, isn't mm. it? Yeah, but at the same time, my space friends have always stood for the right thing, and my space friends 
in Star Trek up till now, maybe, I mean, Discovery and later Kelvin changes that. But my space friends still have never stood for anything else, like, because they haven't been part of Section 31. Like, the, the part that stills your innocence is the conceit that the Federation would not be possible without this. Right. Which that's mm. what's damaging. I guess. Yeah. It's damaging, but it's it, you know it's arguably a uh, a clearer vision of how the world actually works. And that's yeah. Not, but who it, wants the, who wants that? I, I mean, sometimes you want your art to reflect the world. But I guess I just don't want my aspir like something that's inherently aspirational to like it yeah. feels regressive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I, I and I, I totally understand because that. nobody watches Star Trek because it reflects what's in their own world. Hmm. It's an aspirational thing, uh, aspirational form of escapism. And if there is that, that the flaws aren't systematic. I mean, if you have a bad admiral, like the the, the one Homeland or whatever the fuck it was called, where the admiral went over losses, like that was one person's personal failings, and he was thwarted. The full breadth and scope of Starfleet and the Federation came down to thwart this guy. Right. Yeah. Where this is, this is this is in the cake. This is systematic. So it's not an aberration. This is the way things are. And so you can't look at you can't look at Starfleet real technically, you can't look at it as a as a utopia anymore or even aspirational. And I mean this is I mean this is the whole conversation around this episode is that I think with the general fan base, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where people mm-hmm. get real yeah. bent out of shape over it. Yeah. And I th- I feel that more than I did in 2005. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it sounds like you do more than you did in 2015 when we started this. Well, I don't remember it. I just didn't. I didn't rewatch it. So yeah, yeah. I, it was just going by on my personal memories of it. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, but we all knew what Section 30 was. One was for a while. Even back yeah, then. but I mean, like to watch it. I don't know. You know. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I'm going to be until I watch it again. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a mess. I guess the allure of Section 31 to those who do like this stuff is the mystery aspect mm-hmm. people rubbing their hands together and being like ooh we've got a mystery on our hands mystery, uh, section 31 showed up ooh mm-hmm. a mystery right so I mean I don't want to and, and it's also the people that find the uh, ideals a little bit Pollyanna ish and unbelievable maybe you know and I have moments where I feel like that too but I, I want to believe that Star Trek does is possible that those kind of things, but it's like a, I guess that you're right. But I mean, where the stories are are in the struggle to maintain, right? And it's that still is. But too, I mean, this is this is built into the cake. What do you believe in if you don't believe? You know, it it's like loving the Constitution without realizing that the, the Constitution had a lot of allotments for a lot of atrocious things, and that's baked into the cake. And we've went through the large struggle to overturn that. But before then, it was... Right. It, it was my, my love for the Federation isn't the charter it's written on. It's the ideals. <laughs> that but that was... But, that, but this is... I mean... But it's not... What, what ideals? Where are they written down? The ideals are still there because the people that... Most of the Federation doesn't even know that it's not the ideals. So it's not like... Most people aren't complicit in it. I, yeah. I mean... Yeah. But I mean, it, it, but the system is complicit. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sure they're killing people and destabilizing bully and rebels. And, like, I'm sure they're doing all kinds of horrible shit. You just know it. I mean, because they're clearly an analog to the CIA, and the CIA right, does right. atrocious shit. And in this own story, they compare it as just the comparable same to the Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order and the fucking duplicitous fascist is the one that says hey what yeah this, they should be doing this yeah and then they also say you know they have the same loss of innocence that we do it's like yeah but you know what i thought we were better than that and you think you're better than somebody and then it turns out you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> i like how cisco has the dumb idea that he's like well we're gonna like what was he gonna run like a secret co-op anti intel counterintelligence out of his little deep space nine thing yep like it's it's a weird yeah that was a dumb response it felt like an overreach well this organization's been around for 200 years and nobody knew of their existence until now mm-hmm. we're gonna crack this shit wide open with our like scrappy like right. group of mm-hmm. yeah but what other choices 
choice do you have? You either fight it or you're complicit, right? Yeah, I mean, but what, what, I mean, how, what's Cisco going to do? I mean, I don't know, but sometimes if the odds are against you, you still, you got to fight. So, okay, so there you go. You're, you're absolutely right, Wade. So section 31 is, is a bad guy. It's like introducing the Borg and then yeah. pretty soon every, the fans just fall in love with the Borg and then pretty soon the Borg is what your shows are about. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, totally. This is, this is basically making a, a part of the Federation, foundation of the Federation, or Starfleet, rather, bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the show, they, I mean, I'm a little too vague about this. They attempt to murder a main character on the show. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, they're bad guys. They're bad yeah, guys. Yeah, they're, they're definitely bad guys. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I can begin to like come to terms with it if they were not bad guys i'd have more issues with it you know like yeah it's a it's a messy it's a messy subject yeah like you could have just took this out and it would have what would you have lost i don't remember all the places but i know it's it's like three more episodes deal with this right i mean it's not cisco it is just three more episodes because the the clock is time is like clicking on on how much deep space nine there is left yeah right it's like i said last week i think they're like they're giving everybody a character episode and this is obviously all about bashir Mm -hmm. is yet another and then you know and they're like oh we gave you that james bond spy we've set up that you like spy shit we're doubling down on that and now we're going to give you the ultimate spy shit now, Section 31. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to go back. Like, how are you supposed to feel at the end? Ooh, like, what are you supposed to... Oh, shit. Well, so now I can't believe... Is it that that it's trying to be countercultural? To where at the end you're like, well, now I can't trust anything. Any of these fucking organizations say, now it's literally just me and my space friends. Is that what you're supposed to feel? Yeah, I think it is. It's it's supposed to like, you know what? Real life is complicated, guys. Even in Star Trek, but you still got your space friends, and and that's the ideal to hold on to. The ones that are space friends. Have. One of the, like I think we can all talk. Like, we can open this up now. Like the Iris Stephen Bear project to show a more three dimensional view of the Federation is a colossal failure on his part. Like, it's the oh, one... shit. <laughs> that's not just... That's not a small thing you just said. Yeah, like, all right, knives out. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, I think that he's... I mean, you haven't been the nicest to Ira this whole time, so, I mean, I'm not like... No, but, like, he... The instinct to do that is fine. But he just avenged... Just now, do we have something to hate? They have a clandestine secret intelligence organization that kills people and plots coups and shit. But that wasn't, I mean, so everything that, you know how I felt, everything about the Maquis says against the Federation, I felt was just weak sauce. And that was when I was trying to, when I, on Hashish and Superiority, when I was trying to say the thing I like about Alan Moore the most is when he goes after a target, he knows exactly what he's aiming at and he knows what he's going to blow him away with. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like this is just reached around like drunk men in the dark looking for their pants. Like (laughs) he doesn't have any idea what to attack the Federation on. He knows he just wants to. And so you you guys are like the Borg. You're so cloying. You're like root beer. You're like, I mean, you don't, it's like you can't understand why people don't want to be a part of you. Maybe we don't want to let Cardassians be in the Federation. You know, it's, so they wandered around everything and nothing really stuck. And now it's just, fuck it, like their secret shit that makes them bad. And, and you're like, you're right. Finally, you found something that fucking ruins the Federation. But it's not <laughs> like, I don't know, like, why did he have such a hard on to do that? What does it add to the story? And then, like, why could I don't know? Like, why it was like he was trying at everything and he just gave up and said, Fuck it, there's a secret order that you know is horrible. Yeah, I don't know if it's fuck it or just like, I mean, it is like, Oh, this is the new Maquis. This is like we're trying to find mm-hmm. holes to plug into the, what the Federation stands for. Yeah, you we, we can say that Section 31 does that, but the Maquis was also attempting to do it too. It's just it was a more uh, 
it was more roughshod because like they didn't it, it was like they were kind of all over the place this is a little bit more refined critique but it's also bringing up a whole bunch of other issues and complicating mm-hmm. like 30 years of history at this point well, okay wait now what successes has he had with trying to like what has he done that has been successful with trying to show a more three-dimensional version of like federation life uh mm. i mean i think just doing the wartime stuff is something that wasn't done before wasn't robert hugh wolf pushing wasn't he responsible for most of that i don't know i mean I, yeah yeah but i mean it was i mean ultimately he from it's, season he four on he, yeah he was a showrunner so i mean i think next week is an example yeah. of that i think that that layers I think if you're trying to do that, that's next week's episode. Is it? I'm is trying it, to weigh it. Is yeah. what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to weigh the failures against the success. Yeah. And the fact that, like, when I asked what are the successes, there was like two long pauses from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I I I think it is because I don't know really what his point is. Like in Maquis, the line is what it's easy to be a saint in paradise. Well, okay. I don't know. I think that I think the saint in paradise monologue was pretty. That was the best encapsulation of the Maquis that that we got, and it was only watered down from there. I feel like. Well, I don't even really, yeah, that they have to make hard choices, but I don't think they're problem. I don't know. Again, like they didn't have a. Well, it's it's perfect. They don't have a paradise problem. They don't have a saint problem. They have like a. On Earth, they don't, but out here we do, and life is act- and things are more complicated than it is when you have to deal with people that aren't living in a utopia. That's like the Maquis. The Section Thirty One is a whole other thing. Okay. But this is where I think that, like, so the line, it's hard to be, it's easy to be a saint in paradise, puts it on the onus of some person. Some person needs to be a saint, and now this person is doing a bad thing. But it doesn't look at the Maquis as, like, a whole, like that there are people struggling to survive. Like, I never felt that either one of them really understood what the what they were fighting over. It was all this treaty There's, line. They were fighting over interacting with the Cardassians. Yeah, yeah like, they were they were dissatisfied over yeah, the like, Federation stance. Yeah, and then ultimately, and then ultimately, Eddington was completely motivated just by pure racism. By the end of it, well, that's what I'm saying. That it only got watered down later on. But this isn't about the Maquis. Economic uh, insecurities. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I went to a bunch but of diners. The, the and, idea that you can't yeah. a utopia on Earth. You're dealing with other people that are evolved human beings out on the frontier. You're dealing with. The uh, Cardassians, which you can't trust, and shit gets more complicated out here. That was what that one monologue three or four seasons ago was about. I guess, but I don't... But then, it, then like I said, it only got water, more watered down from there, but Section 31 is a whole other beast, you know, but in this episode. Then, so you get to that, and then I think that what he wants, he wants to give William Sandler the monologue... You know, it's somewhere deep down inside of you. If you don't talk about it, parties, you want me on that wall poisoning Odo. Right, right. You know, so, like, <laughs> and, and, and they, so they don't say that in this episode, though. Right, well. They don't make an argument for their own existence in this episode. No, I mean, it's all about the reveal that they exist at all. Well, yeah. they don't need to make an argument because it's they're baked in. Like, we've always been, there's no it's argument. We've always right. been here, yeah. Right, I yeah. mean, yeah. But, it's like when you argue with someone, why do, why do they give lifetime of appointments to the Supreme Court, and they go, because it's in the Constitution. Right. Yeah. And you're like, is that a good enough reason? (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like that with this, it was just that their argument was, we've always been there. Did they do the Kittimer Accords? Did they, I mean... Well, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. They're so secretive, we don't know. Like, they may have set the stuff... Yeah. Yeah. Like they have time to. Hey, if if he was pitching it to him, it seems like he would. They could have worked out a little bit of a CV, where he gives a little bit of like this is. Yeah, uh, but, we're, we're section but, thirty-one, and let me tell you a little bit of what we do, and then you get a little PowerPoint. That was us. This was us. Right. But I mean, this is just about the reveal that I don't know. I mean, they. Had, this is like I said, it was only in the last eight minutes that they bring up the. It's a pretty big deal. It is. A, it's a huge deal, but. The reveal is big enough that without giving a CV of everything they've already done isn't necessary for the reveal in this episode. It would allow me, the viewer, to have a clearer opinion on what to think about it. Right. Well, our space friends give us the opinion about what to think. No, like, they tell us. They just tell us they don't like it. Well, there you go. Like I can't make. I can't make the decision because I mean I'm not trying to be. I'm being a little cute, but I'm well, saying they, that. I mean, they more than they don't like it. They're going to take it down by infiltrating yeah, it. That's true. Right. Yeah. And and they it's a uh, combating philosophies at the end where Bashir is like the ends don't always justify the ends and 
a sad learning. I guess thing. that's what. So there's a tired aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all we all are. Everybody's against judge, jury, and executioners, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, nobody. I mean, if, yeah, that's my thing. Is that nobody likes a deep state? I mean, right, you know. Right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, Section Thirty One is the deep state. Where's QAnon? Yeah. They basically they they introduced a Judge Dredd character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Dredd is basically part of Star Trek lore now, and nobody's <laughs> for Judge Dredd. The only reason why Judge Dredd exists is to like critique, you know, critique fascism. It's not right. And when you're you're not setting this up as a critique, you're setting this up as a good guy versus bad guy thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I said, yeah, I don't know. There's. Maybe we should talk about the episode because we've talked half an hour just about All right. uh, Section Thirty One, which we could probably talk for a couple hours about Section Thirty One. But we probably could. This episode's fine I mean, as far as the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. Performances are fine. I do feel like we the, get Dominion. I, I do feel like we get to um, Alexander Siddig's ceiling. <laughs> like I felt like I was <laughs> yeah, with, I was oh, with yeah, him. Yeah. I was with him, and then there was a point where I'm just kind of like, oh, that's that's that's. That's we're out of okay. Oh, we, you, he, he lost you at one point. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I felt like you know we. I think the scene at the end wherever yeah. he's confronting him about the judge yes, jury, yes. like that was a bridge too far for his chops. Yeah. You function as judge, jury, and executioner, and I think that's too much power for anyone. Uh, I maybe. think some of the stuff where he's. I thought he was fine. Where he's talking to a plate of worms. I thought that was you know you know that's his. That's his. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. his box. That's his box. Let's talk it to the I, know, yeah. I thought he was fine, but uh, you know. Or did a teddy bear is Christopher Robin moment. See you in a few days, old chum. <laughs> I don't mean this. <laughs> yeah, that's all subjective to the most part. Though you know, his whether. No, it's I'm pro- saying it's fine. I was like, that's all fine stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you know, I admit. I think when I could say, you know what, Alexander did, did a just a fine job in this episode. He didn't fuck up. He wasn't awful in it. Uh, I think, like, yeah, I mean, I think that we, you know, like... finally found his lane, I feel like, maybe in the 70s. Yeah. You're trying to find a... Your bench, you're you're pumping iron at the gym, and you're like, okay, I just did 220. You know, let's let's put five more pounds on this. And and then you're like, oh, oh, that's, 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 that's the... That's too much. So somewhere in that, I felt like somewhere before the last scene with Luther Sloan, and maybe a little bit of the, his... His exasperatedness with the Wei Yun scene. I've finished playing games with you, Sloan. I thought that there we go. There, there, there's that was the five pounds too much. Okay. So we sure. we got to where you were. So we found we found a place where you were up until then. So yeah, I mean maybe did we shoehorn Quark into this some weird way too? Uh, yeah, uh, he says he says I trust you. You're gonna get out of this. Do I trust him or something like that? Or is it uh, like this is a mistake, and then he goes to Curious. Is this a mistake or something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the yeah for the big reveal in the last eight minutes, and how huge Section Thirty One is for Star Trek in Toto. This episode set up a mystery, and I think did a pretty good job of like playing with the plot of this episode, where he's going off to a conference. I did find it funny where he's going to Riza or Caspera Prime. And Odo is like, oh, you doctors always hold conferences at sunny resorts and everything. It's like, not anymore. In 1997, they did, but I don't. Mm. I have I have doctors in my family, but they they passed laws after 1997 that you can't have all these doctors' conferences and vacation spots because doctors would just go to ski and stuff. And uh. like when, so that's funny to me. Like. This little bit of, like, actually, it doesn't work that way anymore. <laughs> Pharmaceutical companies can't pay for all these doctors to take vacations anymore. They all meet in Cincinnati now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they have to pay their own way. Cleveland. <laughs> well, this year we're all going to Detroit. Right. There's, an abandoned, there's a big abandoned lot we're going to meet in. But it used to be that pharmaceutical companies would just pay for your ski bat pass and shit. Like, sure. you know, right. And yeah. you'd, oh, go on vacation. <laughs> Best steak I ever had was paid for by a <laughs> farmer. Yeah. And they can't do that shit anymore. But, you know. Mm-hmm. And then O'Brien comes in with a dislocated shoulder, which pays off later. Oh, yes. Ah, Chekhov's yes. shoulder. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. No, I, yeah, it was, this wasn't, this was much better written and structured than last week's. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like it has, yeah, a, think, it has a structure. I think our problem is, our problem with, my problem with it is not in the actual episode. It's just mm-hmm. the further ramifications uh, yeah, yeah. for the Star Trek universe mm-hmm. that I have a problem with. Yeah. Sure, sure. That's everybody's big problems, I think. With the... I mean, there is some good stuff in here. Yeah, We've yeah. got, I like the moment where... Cisco goes in to Bashir's holding cell and dresses down the one security officer. And, hmm. you know, I like the Cisco stuff in here is good. Yeah, yeah. I even like the little his little moment, Crisis of Faith moment, where he's like, well, maybe is it possible that you, you wouldn't know? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, uh, yeah Sloan is pretending to be internal affairs. And when internal affairs shows up, it's always he's a big really, deal. Right? I mean, he's doing a really well-modulated performance yeah, yeah. because he's got to do multiple things. He's got to be nice and innocuous in the first scene and then intense as fuck. So he's good. I mean, so, like, I love William Sadler, and he's... I think he carries the load well. Um, yeah. There's a scene between him and Cisco that I thought was really well sort of modulated, and I even think that in those interview scenes with Sadig, those are pretty interesting. Now that they've sort of rested on Bashir as like a kind of a cool smartass, like that's finally where they got. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's better than where we've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Sadler Sloan interviews are kind of a retrospective on everything they've done with Bashir up to this point. Because mm-hmm. basically they think he, they're trying to figure out like whether he's a Manchurian candidate for the Dominion. Basically. This could have been a clip episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This could have been, they could have made this a clip episode, basically. <laughs> like, oh, you were, you were kidnapped by the Dominions. I guess I was. And then five days or seven days and the whole like, well, you know, Klingons are not, humans are better uh, suited to uh, imprisonment than Klingons. He got the days wrong. And then also like, oh, what? and then you fucking told all your cuckoo's nest friends that we needed to surrender. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And then even going back to that, when Bopak four, when Julian and O'Brien were crash landed and he tried to cure the Jim Hadar of uh, their catcher seal white. And, you know, and all this stuff that kind of adds up. And he's like, well, it's all circumstantial evidence, but it really paints a picture that you're primed to be turned. <laughs> like, it sounds like you could be a spy for the Dominion because mm-hmm. you're trying to help them out all here. You wanted us to fucking surrender. And what did you think about that, Cisco? I was like, well, of course I thought it was crazy, but, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it turns out Bashir is pretty shitty, but that doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it. But I still liked it. I still believe him. I don't think he's a spy. And then, and they, they even go back to the nerd corner that all the fans had what, they just left a runabout orbiting the asteroid on the planet? Oh, yeah, and yeah, they do. Re- yeah, that was nice that they revisited that because that was dumb to me. <laughs> to a lot of people, apparently, yeah. on the Usenet groups and everything. And oh, I can imagine. It was pretty dumb. And then they're like, you know, you've got ingrammatic dissociation because you're an augment. You're probably even better suited for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole question of like, look, would you have told... Would you have come out as an augment if you didn't get caught? And he's like, well, actually, I don't know. It's like the answer is obviously he probably would have kept the secret to his grave if he could have. And that kind of sets him up as like, yeah, maybe you can't trust this guy. You know, like. Yeah, that was the, that was probably the best moment in the episode. You don't believe me, do you? I don't. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think you're lying, Julian. That was so, but the question I do have: when after he he's in the simulation and he he realizes that uh, O'Brien's shoulder wasn't hurt, and he's like, "Oh, you heard it playing spring ball, remember?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, spring ball." It's like when he actually heard it rafting or whatever, mm-hmm. kayaking, and then he calls him out and it's like, "This is all bullshit. <laughs> Look, I've been in a simulation before. That guy gave me the whammy when he was buying." stealing drugs that time and i i met myself as an old man so i whatever oh fuck that, that episode. Brain episode oh my god oh my god yeah see the season's been better than that one right i don't know <laughs> uh yeah i don't know that episode was bad though <laughs> you're right and then uh I, I probably rode pretty hard for that one too and, and in retrospect maybe i shouldn't have. but uh yeah and then so he's like oh you probably beamed me onto your ship because he's in a hollow suite you probably beamed me out when I was asleep. And Sloan is like, yes, that's what we did. Mm. That was even before Cisco came in? Yeah, there's nothing, no no scene but the kayak scene is real. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like they either got him on his way to the conference or came in and stole him in the middle of the night right before the conference. I mean, the whole point was to give him only one hour of sleep. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they fucked with his. They fucked with his sleep and his eating. Yeah. Right. Tried to like fuck up. Well, yeah, yeah, which is a common CIA tactic, I guess. Because after he gets beamed on to Wei Yun's ship and and Wei Yun is trying to convince him that he's a Manchurian candidate eight as well, Mm -hmm. then Worf and Kira come in and take him back, and then everybody's kind of a dick to him, and he's like, well, I know that Cisco would have at least been willing to hear me out like he was before, except that Cisco that was willing to hear him out and ride for him was also a simulation. <laughs> well, I think he was talking about like with the probably statistical probability. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that scene, the scene where he says, yeah, I'd probably never have admitted to my whatever yeah, yeah. that whole time. That was probably the best scene. The, why are you guys all turning on me? Miles? You? <laughs> like, that was, like, the worst I felt. I felt. Well, uh, by that point, it was, like, obvious that it was probably a simulation, so... I'm done with you, Julian. It's just, like, Dax is reading, and it was all... Right. But that was all... That, that for me, it, it felt a little, like, hollow, but it was supposed to, I thought, because that was, like, when he realized, it's like, well, obviously... Sure, that yeah. fit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just, it just, it wasn't, it was weird to watch, like, it just, was yeah. clon- it was, it was weird. It, it was definitely clunk. weird to watch. It was, right, but yeah. it's weird that that was clunky, and, and we all know why, because it was a simulation, but yet the Cisco in the boardroom, when he's like, I believe him, and even the, like, I, I, I believe that you're telling the truth, but I don't know, like, that scene was also a simulation, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, it felt... That felt a little cheap to me, honestly. They should have, they could have made him pull him out to, like, they could have beamed him when he got beamed to the uh, Dominion ship, could have been when the simulation started. And then all the stuff where Cisco's, like, I believe you could have been real and have happened and could have felt, like, why didn't you do that? Yeah, okay. So this is the thing I don't really, wait, because I'm actually confused with this. Is is there like like a mole? On the sta- station that they needed to find out, or was this? You're, a- you're confused because, like, no, there's no, there's no mole. It, all William Sadler is doing is just trying to. Is he was? It was a recruitment. It was a recruitment. That, but that's not why that. But that's not how that scene went down. Well, I, I took it as he actually says. I thought you, yeah, I went to all this trouble and you didn't. Right. His son obviously didn't. Oh well, who knows if he? There's like Sloan has a son who was a transport pilot that got killed and that's why he's riding so hard to mm-hmm. convince so that that was probably a cover story and bullshit but i did believe that they were trying to figure out like section 31 may have actually been worried that he could have been a dominion spy then why but then once they figured out that he's not then he's perfect for being recruited as well but is there a spy on deep space 9 no I think they were just worried that... He could be? They, the whole time, the, the, the only worry was that Julian could have been a spy. And that's why Section 31 sees the signs. I mean, there's a there's an actual Dominion collaborator on the ship. <laughs> like, that they did not... That the, they, have, they, they failed to suss out. Yes. So how good can they really be? Oh, is that something I... Is that a reveal I, later that I don't remember? No, Odo. Oh, because he's a changeling and everything. Right. And he collaborated with them against the Federation. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's all in the past. But, yeah. <laughs> They've already forgiven him for that. But, I mean... It's beneath the Sloan's concern. Whatever. They've already... Yeah. But for the, the whole, like, internal affairs thing, I just assumed that was all just a cover to get to the bottom of Julian. But... I assumed... I would have liked it better if it was just a pure recruitment at the end. Yeah. Like, we didn't suspect you. We just went... It was like Men in Black, you know? We sent you to the room and... I don't know. I like that they, they're they covering their bases and then once he no, turned out like to be clean... I don't like that they suspect... According to your theory, they don't have any... They don't have any actual cause. Section 31 doesn't need it, but circumstantial evidence adds up. Like, all the info, all the stuff. I think he's not talking about, he's just talking about their motives. He's they not don't, talking about. They don't actually have a data, they don't actually have a breach, uh, like an intelligence oh, yeah. breach. Right, no. That they need to suss out. Right. No. That's, that's his point. Well, they, that, yeah. that's what ju- they still think, they think that Julian could actually be, they don't have a definite breach, but. All the they just wanted to make sure when he was disappeared, he wasn't compromised. 
before they recruited him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All like all the data and evidence they bring up against him does point to him being a potential breach. Wouldn't it be a better just from like a, just from a clean structure perspective? Wouldn't it be better if it was one or the other? No, it I don't think was so. a data breach or it was a pure recruitment drive. I don't. I don't see why. No, I don't see why it would be one if they locked. I. I don't. They don't have uh, a reason to suspect him. They give all the reasons to suspect him. He was like all the circumstantial evidence that they bring up is enough to suspect him. It's not enough to take a guy and and try him for it. But if you're Section Thirty One, you don't have to worry about that. If you think about it, it you just can, feels like it's writing backwards. It feels like you want to have it Section Thirty Eight, so you bring in a Section Thirty Eight and you come up with some half-assed bullshit to why 31. they're there to begin with. But no, I mean, yeah, but if you're doing a retrospective on Julian and you take all that, st- all the stuff that they bring up, it does make it look, it does look suspicious. So I understand why they would want to check that out. I I agree. And that's, yeah. But, but why do you need a spe- I don't know. Like all they could have, they could have fixed this problem with one line at the end. Yes. Is, is I think James's point. But the, yeah. what, is it they could have made it clear by saying, you know, we had to make sure before we recruited you that you weren't compromised when you were in the Dominion. Mm-hmm. When you were in the Dominion, we do this uh, to all of our recruits, hey. right? Or something like that. Your the sure. vetting process is more intense than other organizations because maybe you, you we're came more, on our radar you know. when you did all that work with statistical and now like right. probability. You came on our radar. Right. We would love to have an augment working for us. Because to what Wade says is that it's it's a Bashir greatest hits clip show. Mm-hmm. He could have even like continued that riff mm-hmm. at the end by by giving a timeline. You've of been when we, he, you've yeah. been marked for like a great right. candidate, right. so we're well, here to recruit right. you. Yeah, yeah. Or or there's actually is you know like yeah, but like like the way I saw it, there actually is reason to investigate you. And now that we've investigated you. Well, one, we've outed ourselves. You found us out, and two, that makes you a great potential recruit. That's the way I saw it. But, I know, but it, there seems to be a haphazard like, "Hey, while we're here, we might as well recruit <laughs> yes, you." Yes. Instead of like, they don't for a shadowy organization, they didn't seem to have a whole lot of forethought, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't, I don't or know. they express a lot of forethought, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever thought about being the Dread Pirates, Robert? Yes. Hey. <laughs> Well, I've got I've got some uh, I've got some marketing material here. If we, we, have a look at this brochure. Yes, it's all black, matte finish. But <laughs> if you, you should if be you able turn to turn it in the light right yeah. right now, the the letters right. will reflect. Do you have? Yeah, there's some lid sprayed with lemon juice, and all the information's there. If you <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, I don't know. I think both could be. I don't know. It felt fine to me. It didn't seem. Like I just every once in a while we just want like a little bit of clarity in their storytelling yeah. there's and that, that could just be tidied up with one line we're not asking for like different and set th- pieces or characters introduced just one little line change yeah it just seemed like they what i'm kind of like pining for is that i feel like that the episode just it's revealed and everything falls apart like it becomes about the last eight minutes of the episode and not about the whole episode up until that point. Because you, theoretically, you could have wrote... I mean, this could have been a good episode without it being a big, dumb reveal at the end. Like, or I mean, it would have been a reveal, but it wouldn't have been like a, you know, Roddenberry's Dream Destroyer yeah. sort of ending. Where it could have actually been, hey, look, we have this intelligence to believe that there's some shit going, shenanigans going on amongst the executive crew. We're going to put everybody there. We're really focusing on Julian because you're right. It's shit looks fishy. And then... And the courts he clears himself, and they find something else. That would have been a fine episode of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but 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 what they did, it, I like. I don't understand. Like falling it apart, and then he's got a recruitment drive to be in like the CIA. Like, well, was there a problem, or wasn't there? Or you're just like that was well, the thing. I, I I think I don't know. For it being both doesn't seem that confusing to me. I don't understand why it's so like it's such a bind. It, it is it because it's only because it seems like it seems haphazard on their part. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Like, is like it, Iris uh, Stephen Bear isn't clear on why William Sadler's there. Right. I get that feeling. I don't. I yeah. I don't. I don't. I I don't. I don't think I. I just don't get why it's such a like consternation because nothing that because no, we because spent 45 no minutes inf- following these shenanigans yeah. we want to know and nothing is like, new information this could have literally happened a year ago yeah they decided to do this episode now there's no new information that makes him look more suspicious than it did a year ago so why are they why are they just now getting around to it well, it's because that's when the episode happens man i don't know <laughs> like, it's these like are the, these you are, get so know. much like the sometimes 
sometimes it's the verisimilitude really throws you for a loop, it feels like. And it's just like, it's a TV show, man. I don't know. Like, like I don't, it's not. A, I guess it's just because it could be just cleared up with just like one line. It seems that that's, yeah. well, that's more baffling. Yeah, and the fact that it, it could, I, I agree with you that it could, but. When it doesn't, it's not like it. That lack of that line doesn't feel like the pin that makes the rest of well, it fall like, apart. Okay, so let's put it this way: this episode ain't good enough for me to not have to answer that. Unless they're really looking for it. There are some really good episodes. You're just like, yeah, that wasn't explained. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, but like, just ain't that good. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine. I, I, I'm not but, trying to find plot holes. It's not like a plot hole. It's, it's not like. Well, how old's you know the beast would only be twelve years old in Beauty and the Beast. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like this is like I, it would help me out to know what the like they don't finish the plot of the episode. Like yeah, I get, <laughs> like that was that was bothering to me that they don't finish the plot. I think I I, I don't know. Like I, I, again, it it feels finished to me. It's just like and I agree that they could have had that and it would have been nice, but it it doesn't fall apart because that was lacking for me no it's not the reason it falls apart or it's a reason no it falls apart because they introduced the thing that kills the i mean there's i'm saying that like i'm not i'm this is a critique of the structure of the episode and this is one of them it's not like last week which was baffling it's not not the structure it's it's just a line that they could have put in and sure it would have been nice to have but it's a line it's not the it's not what's holding the structure up for me it's why they're there. Yeah. They're there to figure out whether he's a Dominion agent and to recruit him. But there is no new information to make them suspect him. Just old information. Again, it's it's a TV show, man. I don't know. Okay. Section 31 had, like, other things they had to do before they got the sure, series. Yeah, but maybe they, they, they had, like, a grocery list of things. Maybe they're busy. I don't know. It should have just been pure recruitment. That's what it should have been. I don't know. Like yeah. that seems vetting, like, that seems like a like, vetting process, yeah. like a vetting recruiting yeah. process. I get that. Why are you doing this? And he goes, well, you've been cleared. You're not the spy. And then he goes, well, who is? And he goes, there was no spy. Let me tell you a little bit about who I am. You know, and then that, I don't know, at least that, that would make sense. It would make what they're doing make sense. To me. Yeah. But I mean, actually, the fact that there would be no spy would be what you say before the commercial break. It could be like a better turn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's a line. You're right. They could have put that line in there. But I just assumed that was the situation. Like, and it didn't, it, it's not throwing me for a loop. Whether you know if it, I don't. Know. James sucks at watching Star Trek. Is I, do. I do. I <laughs> do. Yeah, you're suck the, at you're the Star worst Trek. at this, man. No. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I'll admit that I, 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 yeah, I, I, I will admit that I come. I, I, I'm needier as a as a viewer <laughs> than than most people watching shows. Sure. You you don't get the worst of it. My wife does, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. I was just just thinking about the 100 now. It's something both of our significant others have made us watch. Yeah, I had to. I had to pull her aside and said, "Honey, I love you. Please don't make me watch any more of this show." See, I'm I'm still on board. I mean, again, that show's so much worse, but I I can enjoy some yeah, of it. Yeah, if, if we had a 100, I mean, you you know, if we had a 100 podcast, I would talk about yeah. that more. And some of our <laughs> listeners might love the 100. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I feel like that. We should on Iris Stephen Bear, or not Iris Stephen Bear. We should, I should on Iris Stephen Bear. We should on Rick Berman a lot. Sure. And we do know that Rick Berman is actively ruining, like, one of the. This is why I'm asking what's going on behind the scenes, because we know that there is all of the negotiations with Terry Farrell is just going to shit. And so we know that that's going on behind the scenes. But it makes me wonder is, like, was Rick Berman just la- letting Iris Stephen Bear do whatever he wanted to? Not exactly. Because maybe. Maybe he needed. Maybe this season needs more Rick Berman. Uh, I feel like these last several episodes. Are, Has anybody ever said that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these last several episodes that have been so one-off episodes. I think the biggest point that Rick Berman, any serialization, they had to fight tooth and nail to get from Rick Berman. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest. That was the biggest thing that they had to fight for. But these problems aren't. These problems I have with these episodes are not that it's a departure from the serialization. Yeah. I mean, this is not that bad from a structure perspective, but like it's it's that this season is just it's a mess. Like it has nothing to do with like right. Ronald D. E. Moore was writing Odo off the show until everybody found out about it. <laughs> that's a thing that happened this season. They're slowly 
killing i mean yeah like there's all of this stuff like this is a there's some behind the level shit going on here i mean like and i'd like to know why yeah i mean it feels to me just like writing and show running and putting on a 26 episode show like this and when you don't have, when you got five bucks to do it, I mean, they get a lot of money that Babylon Five wished it had because it looks like utter shit, like film, mm-hmm. filmically a lot of times. Apparently, the writing's great. I haven't gotten to that part of that show yet, but anyways, but like they have to get under budget. They have, you know, they can't show horse racing scenes in that one episode because they got two sets they could afford that episode that and david milch was going to be directing that episode (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i think just making (laughs) making a tv show is really hard especially producers give you shitty notes the whole time like it's hard to make anything good yeah so when they can make something competent it's almost an accomplishment there's not a lot of that going on i disagree i like i said like i think this is pretty good for the time and what they were doing i think this is exemplary but you know hmm. are you are you coming out of you're coming out of this whole rewatch wade with a higher like holding deep space nine at higher esteem than you N- thought no i mean i came in impressed that they were all able to do what they were doing it's kind of a missing link between the golden age and and what we had before and i'm still impressed by it like especially to do a sci-fi show takes a lot more money than it does to do a regular not sci-fi show and they're working on their budget they're working their ass off to do like an episode every two weeks uh they're riding the shit fast and i think what they accomplish so and they don't have the money and my, my critiques aren't that it looks cheap i'm not even talking looking cheap i'm talking about my like, critiques are that the stories are shit the stories that they're writing like i said i'm not talking just about the the sets are cheap. I'm talking about doing the shit and under in two weeks you're writing and producing an episode and like the notes you get from networks a lot of times are not what you want to hear and they, they definitely weren't for this show. What a, like does Robert Hewitt Wolf come off really well here? Uh, sure. Because you're like what what was good last year? Because last year four and five are even in good seasons. There's doldrums. We always talk about the doldrums as season gets in the midpoint. With just a bunch of dumb episodes, usually written by Iris Stephen Payer or Renee Shavaria. But Robert Hewitt Wolf is the thing that left. And then this show just went to sh. I mean. Right. But even when he left, he left to go do Andromeda, which he tried to. Sh- he was showrunner of. I just never. I haven't seen that, though. Oh, even he'll tell you, though. Like, that's. Andromeda was so ambitious and it was utterly ruined by production notes and everything. And mostly by production stipulating you can't do that you have to do this thing that we want because we're shitty suits Mm. producers and stuff like andromeda nobody agrees that was a good show and then also it was also what's his name hercules uh what's his name throwing his dick around kevin sorbo kevin sorbo who was also i guess an executive producer and kevin sorbo you can throw your dick at me whenever yeah well he wouldn't do that anymore because he's a very Devout Christian. Oh, oh, I know how to. I know how to convert those religious. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, you just can't talk about it. But maybe. I like. I like coming out. I like. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna assume the mantle of a no. But um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you're right. I guess. I mean, maybe Robert Hewitt Wolf should have stayed on. The season would have been better, and he wouldn't have had to live through Andromeda. But I, I do think that if he's the one thing, I'm trying to look for something. It's like what was different. You know, like when you have a when you have the like a great new you know a New England Patriots team or a great Yankees team, and one season they're this, and then the next season they're just all over the place, just not the same team, even though ostensibly it's the same people. What what happened? And I mean, Robert Hewitt Wolf, I guess, is that but he left at the end of season four, five, five. Oh, at the end of five. Okay. So yeah, yeah, maybe he was the linchpin. I mean, there's he a reason. He was the star that drunk, the, and maybe I mean he was a tempering writer for for bear because i think bear has a lot of poor instincts that are coming across this season maybe and i i think this is the 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 failure lies with iris stephen bear but i mean like i mean but iris stephen bear wrote far beyond the stars yeah yeah. and 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 ronald d moore secretly wrote the next episode so uh, i i guess those are great episodes but everything else is it's just so weird where we're at in this season and I think something's going on, but it might have just been the missing Robert Hewitt Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the peaks of this episode 
are about as high as you get in Star Trek. And then the val- whoa, whoa, this episode, the Section Thirty One episode? No, no, I mean, I meant this season. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Yeah, the valleys are considerably lower than the peaks, but I, I still, I don't think they're super low. I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's maybe it's just the confidence that they have, and even in when they're fucking up, is coming across to me in ways that it doesn't to you guys. Well, we've gone. Do, do you guys have any final thoughts before we get into the rewatching meter? Because we've really gone over a mm. lot of territory here. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I think that this is going to be an ongoing issue that we'll talk about over the next season and a half or whatever season some change. But yeah, I, no. I mean, I think the problems aren't necessarily in this episode, but as they unfold. This was the opposite of last episode where I said it was a good idea for an episode but a horrible execution. This was more of a horrible idea for an episode but decent execution. Yeah, like yeah, the execution was pretty It's the idea of section 31 which is the real Mm-hmm. critique of yeah. this. So it's the opposite problem of what they had last time. Mm. All right. Well, where do you guys put this on your rewatch meter? Hmm. I don't find it mostly. I mean, I thought it was fun to watch. Like my problems with it are more philosophical than where Conceptual, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I don't know. I just six. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Oh, Sam, I put, I'm just remembering how high I put last episode. You've created a problem. I certainly have. We're not going to let, we're not going to let you rank next week 11. This is is extremely, this is as subjective as it gets though, Wade. This is just all on like how handicapping your own rewatching enjoyment. I know, but if I'm, if I rank it higher than I ranked or lower than last week, that means I have to watch last week before I can watch this one, right? If if you feel that way, but if you don't, fuck it, just you know whatever you feel like. Because this was this was like I said, I probably watched this one more before I'd watched last week, so it's an eleven. No, I'm, I'm sorry, no, <laughs> I don't know. I'd put it at seven or eight. We'll put it in eight. Must bloke episodes be rocking out at nine, but <laughs> yeah, we'll put it in eight. You want an eight? All right. You like probably... like the Joy Division episode. That's no, but he just told me I didn't have to be beholden to myself. That's true. That's yeah, you true. don't have to. It's just you know. Yeah. From week to week. That's why I was confounded a little bit. Like, oh man. I would probably if if I were doing like a, I can't imagine. I'm trying to figure out maybe if I was trying to brush up on my important Star Trek lore. I would watch this, which would probably put it at a four because it's pretty pivotal to pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> yeah, pivotal. You got your Lucy lips. So. Oh, I got my Lucy lips. I can't fucking talk. <laughs> anyway, it's important to Star Trek lore, I guess. Yeah. So probably I'll put it at a four just on that alone. I have no desire to revisit the story. There's nothing about the story that I'm like, oh, man. Remember when that happened? That was cool. I want to watch that. Yeah, but you got Sadler and yeah, we, you do have Sadler. Yeah, we have four. Um, he's the yeah. president. He's the president in the Marvel universe. No, oh. because he's the president in uh, Iron Man three. I mean, he may have lost his election by I, now. Who knows? Probably. But yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. But uh, he was the president in Iron Man three. Okay. What do you guys think the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Oh, this is a controversial one. Some people fucking hate like that's like when when we rank these episodes, like y'all gave me some. You're flat trying to for, handicap it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's like I know people. They're not ranked because by how good an episode they are. They're ranked by how, how feel, feel about the Star Trek nerds feel about what it is with Star Trek, which is a different kind of uh, scale, you know. So. I'm going to say seven. I'll go seven, five. 8.2. People oh, okay. people are here. It's got 906 mm. votes. This has got a lot of votes. Mm. I think the Section 31 stands came out on purpose on this one. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe. And I do think that that's, I mean, pe- people, fuck. I mean, people, people like. on the internet. People like Section 31. We just think it's. Conf- yeah. I mean, that's why they do it. That's why they do it all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, people people that loved Man of Steel loved Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zack Snyder loves Section Thirty One. I think it's just that it's got it's more lore, nah. so you get lore, and and so you get more its complications and lore. So 
Yeah. I don't know. I could see that that feeding into what people like, you know. It it it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it it is world building. Yeah. I th- I guess I thought there were more angry nerds that like it ruined Star Trek that were going to come out. But yeah. For what was it an 8.2 for just like structure and the writing of the episode that that fits for me, but I thought people might hate section 31 more on the internet. Yeah, I think the Sadler stands came out. Just mm-hmm. big fans of Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Well, next week we get to talk about In the Pale Moonlight, which is a series highlight top whatever Star Trek episode. So yeah. come back next week, right? Oh, yeah. We've been talking up that episode for years now. Well, yeah. Years. Yeah. It's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you have like for four episodes away from Profit and Lace. Oh yes, another one. Infamous. And times and times orphan. Which... Oh boy, yeah, season six. Ooh. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, times it's... orphan. Peaks and valleys, man. <laughs> oh boy. See, see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, wait. If people want to give us money or get a hold of us or just check us out other podcasts oh uh, yeah go to kickersofelves.com to figure out all the other stuff podcasts we do uh go to patreon.com slash kickers of elves to give us money that sounds great <laughs> for to me yeah and we've got other podcasts and watchmen and dune and plenty of other audio hours and hours of audio for you to listen to if you're a patron uh and give us a call to let us know what you think about the rules of acquisition and Deep Space Nine at 917-408-3898. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week as we go through another exciting episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three to be mount. And if you hadn't been found out, would you have come forward and told your captain the truth? Ever. I don't know. I see. Confess. Don't be boring. Say yes. Don't be dull. A fact you're ignoring. It's better to lose your skull cap than your skull. The Inquisition, what a show. The Inquisition, here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. Oh boy, the Inquisition, what joy. The Inquisition, oi, oi. But the ends don't always justify the means. Really? Miles, you 